We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another Buzz Beat, your favorite Charlotte Hornets podcast. Uh, it is February 7th, Friday, the day after the NBA trade deadline. A lot of moves went down, uh, but the Hornets did not make one, and I think a lot of fans were hoping for some kind of activity, but the Hornets did sit this one out. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by our new partner, Bet Online. Stick around for a 50% bonus offer later in this episode. Uh, again, this is presented by Bet Online. As always, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Richie Randall, and then you can follow the podcast at BuzzBeatPod and find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, and, and Google Play, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are there. In this episode, I'm going to give you guys my thoughts and my reactions to the NBA trade deadline and specifically if I agree with what the Hornets did. And like I mentioned before, the Hornets did sit this one out. They had the opportunity to make a trade, maybe get off one of the expiring contracts, specifically Marvin Williams. He is a player that I felt like had some supposed interest around the league, a four that could guard multiple positions uh, on the back end. He is a, a vocal leader on the defensive side, just a vocal leader in the locker room. Uh, he leads by example, a great teammate, a great player, even at the tail end of his career that you would want to see in the playoffs and, and make some kind of impact for a team. And I know there's some teams out there that, you know, may, maybe the money didn't match up right, but I'm sure there's teams out there that could have used him for that playoff push. And the Hornets had an opportunity to maybe trade him or another expiring and maybe get back a couple of second round picks. And, you know, with the youth movement that the Hornets are going for and knowing that Marvin Williams and Bismack Biombo and MKG are not going to be on this team next year uh, to try to get something out of them probably would have been the way to go. And I'm not saying that Mitch Kupchak didn't try that. I, mean, I think that's clearly the, the conversations were centered around those three and trying to maybe get back a, a future pick because with the way that this team is playing, uh, a lot of their younger players, we're seeing less and less of the 
the veterans and you're seeing more of the younger players to kind of evaluate and see where they stand moving forward. Marvin Williams, MKG, and Bismack Biombo, in all likelihood are not going to be on this roster next year. So I don't mind the Hornets sitting this one out. I did not particularly like uh, any of the rumors that dealt with Julius Randle or a player that seems like would put us back into that lower 7, 8, 9, 10 range. I kind of like where the Hornets are sitting right now, where they are in play for a top five, maybe even a top three pick here uh, as the as the season progresses. I do want to give my take on a couple of other NBA trade deadline moves. There were a lot of moves that happened yesterday, uh, some more significant than others. So the first one that I want to get to is the Golden State Warrior trade with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves here. So this is where uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jacob Evans, Amari Spellman went to Minnesota and then coming back to the Golden State Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, a first round pick in 2021, which is protected in the top three. And then in 22, it does become unprotected. And they also picked up a one, uh, 2021 second round pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves. So th- this is one of the moves where I'm not really sure who won this deal. I kind of go back and forth on whether or not I, I like this better for the Warriors or I like it better for the Timberwolves. I think I kind of lean towards maybe this being more of a win for the, the, the Warriors here. Obviously, they are bringing in Andrew Wiggins, who I think has clearly not lived up to his draft pick or his salary. And he is still signed all the way through 2023, I believe. So the biggest thing for the Warriors is him in that contract. And if he can be engaged and live up to that that contract, and I think the Warriors are probably betting on you know their culture, their system, and trying to say, hey, we can probably use him the right way and get him right. And when some of those players start to come back from injury next season with Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry, uh, maybe they hold him to a really, really high standard, and he does perform better. Uh, but why I like this more for the Golden State Warriors, obviously, is not going to be specifically or strictly for Andrew Wiggins. I, I think it's for the draft picks. And next season, not this season, but the following summer, uh, they do get the 2021 first round pick if it happens to be outside the top three, which it very well likely could be uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves now picking up D'Angelo Russell and, like I said, Evans and Spellman as well. But I'm not sure that the the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be pushing for a playoff seed. I really think this could be a lottery pick. Uh, for the Warriors next season, and they're also picking up a second-round pick as well. So I think the Timberwolves are really banking on the fact that this Russell and Cat pairing is is something real and, and is something that's going to push this team uh, because if next season they miss out on the playoffs, uh, that pick is going to the Golden State Warriors. So I lean a little bit more towards the Warriors, but I do like the fact that the, the Timberwolves did get off Andrew Wiggins' salary. But it's a weird trade for both teams, but I understood why it had to have happened. Then we have another deal that I want to talk about briefly is the Cleveland Cavaliers picking up Andre Drummond. And uh, they gave away John Henson, Brandon Knight, and then a 23 second round pick to Detroit. And I'm not really understanding the point of view here from, well, from either team, but specifically for the Pistons, feel like this is definitely underwhelming. I mean, I think they could have gotten more for Andre Drummond, and his name has been shopped around for what seems like forever. He's even been linked to the to the Hornets. I want to know part of him. 
uh, when it comes to kind of his empty calorie rebounding stats and, and just not necessarily a player that that pushes you over the, the top here. And he does have a player option this offseason. So he could very well opt out, which I think he will, especially considering that he could get more money uh, potentially. And maybe he doesn't want anything to do with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I wouldn't blame him uh, one bit for that. So that's another weird trade where I don't know exactly who won that trade. The Detroit Pistons knew that they were going to be parting ways with Andre Drummond. They wanted to get something back for him. But having picking up only a second-round pick for Andre Drummond, it does feel a little underwhelming. Uh, and by the same vein, though, I'm not really sure what the Cavaliers were trying to do by bringing in Andre Drummond. Are they, are they thinking that by playing with with this roster that he might want to come back? Which, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe very well that he does like playing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But in my mind, I really don't see that being the case. All right, we're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Missed your chance to bet on the Super Bowl? Fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter what time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for the Super Bowl uh, in 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best Bets home with Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so I want to shift over to the Charlotte Hornets' point of view here, and as to why maybe this deal made more sense uh, than than people maybe want to give it credit for, or the no deal, I should say. Just kind of sitting this one out, standing pat here at at the trade deadline. Now the free agent crop in this upcoming summer is not the greatest. It's headlined by Anthony Davis, who has a player option, Brandon Ingram, uh, Andre Drummond, who I just mentioned, who has a player option as well, DeRozan, Bogdanovich, some of the other names, oh, uh, Fred Van Vliet. So these are just some of the names that are out there, and these are really the headline names and players that are 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 decent, are pretty good. I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis is, is a uh, elite player here that I just mentioned, but it's not one that you're just like, okay, we, we need to clear the books for this summer. But I will say that the Hornets do have nearly, I don't know, $25, $30 million in cap space that is projected uh, for this season or for this offseason, I should say. I think we're all going to assume that Nick Batum is going to opt into his $27 million contract uh, in the 2021 season. Then you have Bismack Biombo, Marvin Williams, MKG coming off the books and then you got decisions to make on on Billy Hernan Gomez and Dwayne Bacon as well. So those five players are no longer going to be on the roster. Uh, we have the option to just let them walk and it seems like especially for those first three that I mentioned that's going to be the case. Uh, the highest paid player next year is going to be Nick Batum and, and Terry Rozier. So the Hornets are one of the few teams that does have cap space and then even the following offseason, uh, the books open up even more with Batum coming off and Cody Zeller as well. I think if you were to make a case for the Hornets to make a trade, it would not be the one for Julius Randle. It would be the one to trade Marvin Williams and to get a draft piece back and maybe take on some extra salary. 
Now, the extra salary might be like a veteran piece or like a Dwayne Dedman, and he's going to be signed on for three more seasons. And that does eat into some of your cap space. But again, this this free agent crop coming up this season uh, is not the greatest. So I understand why they didn't make a move. They're, they're keeping their options open for free agency. I'm not sure that they're going to make a big splash this offseason in free agency, but they do have that option with more of the flexibility than most teams out there. I'm going to give uh, Brian a call and see if he picks up. I want to get his thoughts on the Hornets here. Hey, what's up, man? Not much, not much. I was uh, recording a little bit. Can I get like five to seven minutes of your time? Yeah, what's up? What's it about? Just like just like the Hornets, like the, the rea- like the reaction to them sitting it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, so I got Brian on the phone here. He actually didn't know that I was going to be calling him, you know, doing this impromptu reaction podcast to the trade deadline. And obviously the Hornets did not make a move. I just spent about five, ten minutes giving my thoughts on the Hornets, and it felt like I was talking in circles. So I needed to hear someone else's <laughs> thoughts here. So, Brian, what was your gut reaction when you when you saw this, you know, 3 p.m. pass and Hornets did not make a move? Could you make an argument that they should have made a move, or was this the correct one? Yeah, Richie, unfortunately, I, I don't know how your call got through of my, my call screening services, but it made it to my phone, so <laughs> I'm, I will begrudgingly uh, step in here. But, no, I, I think I think what the Hornets did was totally fine. Um I, they obviously looked around, and we, we certainly heard some uh, rumors with them in Sacramento and Bogdanovich or with the Knicks and Julius Randle or even a couple weeks ago around the Paris game, you know, Malik Monk being a, an item of interest for the, the Knicks that was reported from, uh, like, New York City media. Um, yeah, I believe it was Ian Begley who had that report as well. But, no, they I think they did their due diligence. There were no obvious deals to make. This is something we've been talking about since Kemba left. Like, when we were in offseason last year, when we were assessing possible trade assets for the Hornets, we looked around. There wasn't a lot. Like you're not gonna, you know, of the young guys, you were gonna maybe you could move Monk because he's been a guy that's been uh, rumored going back to the, the 2019 deadline um, with with Memphis and Marcus Ole. But you weren't gonna move any of the young guys. Maybe Monk, but probably not any of the young guys. And the older, more expensive contracts on the roster, like they're just, uh, even of the expiring, they're not, either the players themselves are not super duper appealing or the, the money's hard to work. And I still think if the Hornets did want to want to play the buyout game with someone like Marvin Williams, with Michael Kidd Gilchrist, with Bismack Biombo, but especially Marvin Williams, yeah, there will certainly be demand. And it, it's tough for a, a small market team like Charlotte where there would be demand for a guy like Marvin in the buyout market, but not, as a trade ship, that's tough. I get that, but that's just the reality of the situation. No, I think what Charlotte did is fine. They've got the Hornets have a good young nucleus of players. They have all of their first round draft picks, and they have some they have some second round picks in the pipeline as well. Too um, half the roster are guys they drafted in the last three years. Like James Rago and his staff have done a good job. The, the front office has done a good job. They've got cap space twenty three million dollars this summer. They've got even more in the summer of 2021 mm-hmm. with Nick Batum clears off the books too. Like they're in, they're in a good spot. This is a, this is a good place of the rebuild to be. And I think, I think they did their due diligence looking for smaller stuff they could do on the margin. Nothing was there. And if that's the case, it's totally fine to peel back and, and, um, and, and sit things out. And I think that's, I think it was the wise thing to do, to be honest with you. 
Exactly. I, I would agree. Uh, those are kind of my thoughts. Exactly. I, what what can be said, though, to this where, where there's a free agency class coming up where it's not the greatest? And I think probably yeah. many fans might be saying, well, maybe this would be the year to maybe take on you know extra salary, because if you're not going to be players in the free agency market, because we are one of the, I don't know, handful of teams that actually have cap space. But if you look at yeah. some of the players, you know, you have Davis, who's going to have a player option, and that's not going to be a player that we yeah. can actually target. But the players that are actually targetable, they're not, you know, they're not franchise changing players. So is there an argument to be made that maybe we should have traded Marvin Williams and picked up some extra salary while trying to maybe get a couple second round picks? Because this free agency class, even though we're going to have some flexibility this year and next year, maybe we should actually brought on some extra salary. Yeah, I mean, look, that, I, I think, some, you could make that case if you wanted to. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, and, and yeah, like there are there are some pretty good. There are this free agency class is disappointing. I even think some of the more higher profile guys in the class potentially are all their restricted guys. They're Bogdanovich, they're Brandon Ingram. Um, so even then, you don't really have a great way of, of obtaining those guys. Um, but no, I think it's fine for the Hornets as they're, you know, as again they're going to have cap space, but this is not going to be a great perhaps offseason in terms of signing a like max level free agent, um, a star free agent, you know, why would you spend cash on these guys? And that's now it's fine for you to then act as a salary dumping ground. If you wanted to, at that point, or right. like at this point with Marvin, like, again, I'm sure that I'm, I would bet that they surveyed the landscape and they looked for possible deals to do this, to try to score a couple, um, a couple, uh, you know, a draft pick or two before Marvin walked out the door and either they thought, either they found nothing that they could work, or maybe they did. And, and I don't, obviously, I have no clue if this is the case, but this is something we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago in the pod. But like, they might look at this and say, hey, Marvin's actually more valuable um, for us finishing out the season here, being a veteran presence for Miles Bridges, for PJ Washington, for Devontae Graham. And like, he still plays for us too. And even though Charlotte is a team that is, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're at this point, you know, you, you should be tracking the lottery odds with them every day. But Marvin is still part of what keeps the ship afloat here, too. So I could see how um, I could see a couple of reasons that are sort of like outside of um, asset collection and draft capital and collecting draft equity of reasons why they would potentially um, want to keep Marvin. that are sort of more like intangible leadership based. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think I think they're again, they're set up going forward. And they're gonna have expiring contracts next season with Zeller and Nick Batum. And as well, they could they could they could, if they choose to go this way, they can act as a dumping ground for salary, especially because we've seen teams like Memphis who have taken themselves out of being one of those one of those dumping grounds with some of the moves they made at the deadline this year. All right, so one move I, I kind of talked about that was not a Hornets move that I just was like trying to figure out which team won this trade. So I, I was sitting here trying to decipher whether the Warriors or the Timberwolves won the trade that they make with D'Angelo Russell and Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman yeah. going to Minnesota. And then coming the opposite way back to Golden State was Andrew Wiggins, a first-round pick, not this upcoming summer, but the next one. And that is protected top three. Uh, and then it does turn into an unprotected pick in 2022. So which team do you feel like won that trade? Because Wiggins obviously I think is underrated this season, but he's obviously not living up to his his contract. Yeah. But they do also Warriors also pick up a first round pick that that could be a lottery pick mm -hmm. a year from now. I I actually think both teams sort of like did what they what they wanted to do. I mean, 
<clears throat> pardon me, Minnesota wanted to uh, appease Towns and get him one of his friends and a, another, you know, quote unquote, young star player in the NBA. And they did. And I think offensively, um, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are going to pair very nicely together. Defensively, they're going to be a mess. And <laughs> Golden State, what they do is they're able to, with this move, they're able to get out of tax, which helps them avoid also the, the repeater tax penalty. That's huge for them. Like, you not have to pay that in a season where you might be the worst team in the NBA. That matters, actually. Even for a team like Golden State that's, that's raking in cash, the next season is going to be right back into win-now contention. Golden State, I thought maybe there's a way they could have gotten another first-round pick out of this based on some of the early reporting on it. Um, but even with that top three protection on this in 2021, like, this is going to be a, a good pick and a good draft. You know what I mean? Like, this is good. this could be a top 10 pick. And what, what people are saying is projecting out to be a good 2021 right. draft. Like, that's a good asset to have. The question then becomes, like, what do you do with Wiggins? And this is something that I don't think they have to figure out just this second. Like, they, I, I think they have a couple, I think they have a couple options that they can go through. I think a lot will depend on what happens in May with the draft lottery, right? Like, all of a sudden, let's say Golden State in May gets the number one pick. And I suppose there's a scenario that, that involves where they're thinking about going into 2020, 2021 season with Curry, expensive, in the back half of the prime, save him a play. Uh, same with Draymond, although he, he's not nearly as, as pricey as um, Stephen Curry is. And then you say, well, we've got this win-now window for a couple more years, right? Like, we've got... We've got two, three years, four years, whatever. That's like that's the window where we can contend for a title. But if Andrew Wiggins is costing us thirty million dollars on our book, how serious of a title contender are we? Even if you know Curry is the guy that works miracles with with guys like you know he could, I guess, conceivably bring out the best parts of Wiggins, or you could talk yourself into that. Or what I think you could do is you could see Golden State do is you take that that wig that salary that Wiggins has, which. You know, he signed through 2023. I mean, this is a hefty deal. But what it does, at least in terms of trade purposes, is even though that, that long-term money may off, may offset some interest, it does allow them to get in the door for matching salary purposes, right? For another another uh, star player or another another like high-level 3D wing that you could pair with with Steph and with Clay and with Draymond, the guy, a person that would fit into that role well, as opposed to Andrew Wiggins trying to do, you know, Harrison Barnes part two out there. Um, but all of a sudden you take maybe a top three pick this season and you take and you take Wiggins and or maybe even use that the twenty twenty one first round pick that you just got from Minnesota and all of a sudden you take, you know, two of those things or all three of those things and that's all of a sudden that becomes that becomes a really appealing trade package, right? Yeah, I didn't I, think I, about that. Really appealing. But I think that's a that's a possibility that you could do and that's that's what you use to maximize your roster in the last couple of years of this deal. Now, who are the options of who you could trade for? It gets, it gets harder to figure out after that. Cause you got to find a team that has a star player on its roster that would be wanting to rebuild. So the draft capital would be interesting to them. You know, I don't know if a team like Washington with Bradley Beal, like I, I don't think that's something that they would be super interested in, but maybe they're a possibility with Oklahoma city and Chris Paul, like, you know, Oklahoma city would love to add another draft asset. But um, or multiple draft assets, but I don't think Paul and Wiggins totally match up in terms of salary. Like I would need to double check that as well too. So a lot of factors to consider. Um, I think Golden State could have done a little bit better in this deal, but ultimately they avoid the tax, they collect an asset, and perhaps they have at least in Wiggins they have a salary that may could work. It could be. I mean, Wiggins may just be 
you know, he may have absolutely no value as a trade asset. Yeah. Um, but maybe with, maybe because of his salary number, he does like at least the annual salary number. He does, you know, that we'll see, like the, we'll, we'll figure that out. I think in the next couple, um, in the, in the next few months. So, but yeah, this just goes to show you too, like, look, when Kevin Durant leaves your Kevin Durant, he's the, one of the five or six best players in the world. He's the best small forward in the world, whatever. Like when that guy leaves your roster and you don't have the cap space to replace him, like all of a sudden that, that leads to the signing trade with, uh, with Brooklyn for D'Angelo Russell. And just like, it, it's hard to replace these guys when they leave and you don't have cap space, right? Just go out and sign a max player to replace them. This happened when Durant left Oklahoma city, you know, and they were like high and dry to the piecemeal roster together around Westbrook after that. Like when these guys leave for nothing, it's hard. And so I, I think maybe in some roundabout way, uh, Golden State has added something way downstream from this. But yeah, when, when Durant leaves, when a guy like Durant leaves, it's, it's hard, if not impossible, to get anything close to dollar on dollar value. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that, I mean, I, again, I kind of debated this. I actually thought the Warriors won this trade, but just slightly. I think both teams yeah. are banking on a couple of things. I think Minnesota is banking on the fact that the, this kind of pairing between D'Lo and Cat are somehow going to propel this team upwards. And then I think they the Warriors are, <laughs> and I think the Warriors are banking on the fact that maybe Wiggins in the Golden State system and the culture, maybe he can kind of turn things around. And this Warriors team is going to be interesting because they are riddled with injuries. And the next season, you have the the players coming back, and you insert Wiggins, and you just kind of wonder how he's going to fit in with that team. So, real quickly, yeah. Brian. Before we wrap, uh, we mentioned this on the previous podcast, but by March 1, if uh, any of these players on the Hornets roster do get bought out, they could be picked up and be on a team before March 1, and they could be playoff eligible. I don't think Marvin will necessarily demand it, but if you had to put money on it, will the Hornets buy out Marvin Williams, yes or no? Obviously, I, I, I don't know one way or the other. I, I would bet, you know what? Man, it's tough to figure out. I'll say no, but but obviously I think there's a high probability. I don't I don't mean to qualify that. If I had to bet, I would say no. But um, there are some advantages. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a pat on the back for Marvin, who's given a lot to this franchise. It you know maybe saves him a little bit of money too as well. So like that's the thing. So I can see some some financial benefits, yeah. benefits to it, and you know maybe it, it's a good faith thing with Marvin and his agent. So. You know, there's some there's some tough ways to measure ROI based off doing something like that, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. But obviously, like Marvin's awesome, and and, and I, you know, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd be happy to see him finish out the season and perhaps even his career yeah, uh, in, yeah. in a Hornets uniform too. Yeah, I tend to think that he's going to stay put with this Hornets team. Again, we don't have any inside information on this, but if I had to put money on it, it does take two to tango with the buyout. And I just think that on one end, Marvin, I don't see him really pushing or demanding it. And then on the opposite end, MJ can also be a little bit stubborn at times too. So guys, thanks again for tuning in to another BuzzBeat. Uh, we reacted to a non-trade deadline, but I felt like we had to get our thoughts out there. Uh, thanks to BG for answering his phone, and we will see you guys next time.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.